Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. everybody. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo, and today I have with me Vinny Hu. He's the Director of Financial Health and Stewardship at Hoboken Grace Community Church in Hoboken, New Jersey. Vinny, welcome to Stewardship Leader. Hello, Leo. Thanks for having me on. Real pleasure. You are a supporter of CSN in so many ways, and I so appreciate your leadership in this space. Uh, you have been a, a source of really... Um, information, resources, and you've helped many folks through the years as, uh, as we've connected and you've shared your own experience. And I wanted to bring you on and, and really just get to know you a little bit. This is what we call Stewardship Spotlight, highlighting a stewardship leader in our ministry and in our community so that we can both learn how God's brought him into the ministry, but also how are you doing right now? What are you doing? How are you doing it? And I think that's going to be helpful for everyone listening. So let me start, Vinny, with what is your personal stewardship story? How did you get into this ministry of stewardship and generosity? Wow. Um, it's really just a story of God's grace and amazingness, uh, really. I, I think I have to start without, sorry to take you on a tangent to begin with, but I think I'm going to have to start my stewardship story with meeting my wife, because throughout my life, God's just shown me that Whenever he calls me to do something, it's not because he wants something from me, it's because he wants something for me. Mm. And usually that prize has been God himself. And it, and it's always been so amazing and such a blessing to, to come out of the other side after struggling with something. So I start with my wife because um, prior to meeting my wife, my view of um, dating was very selfish was um, and after I became a Christian I kind of just thought that I had to meet a Christian girl and and that was it that was a kind of a box ticking exercise um, but after meeting my wife um, who, well, the girl who became my wife God really challenged me and showed me that my entire world view was was wrong mm. and and relationships with girls was in the way of getting to know him so he challenged me to give that up and wrestling through that and giving that up and for him to give me um really the woman of my dreams anyway just showed me that giving something up when god calls me to do it the prize is God himself. And I, I joke to my wife that I fell in love with God instead of her. And she's in full agreement. We, we kind of put God first in our relationship. So having that experience, and I say that because that came before really the stewardship story. But that set the, set the scene, if you like, set the tone that um, if I submit to God, he's going to bless me with it. Mm. And so... Fast forward a, a couple of years, and uh, you know what? Tithing was never a problem for me. 
um, I became a believer and I got a job. And so um, I came from not having any money because I was a student to having more money than I was used to. And I kind of just thought God as the IRS, right? That 10% tithing was just a tax that I had to pay. And, and that was it. Um, but as I grew in my faith, um, I also had this uh, interest in personal finance on the side as well. And I had saved up some money. I had paid off a lot of my student debt. And I was paying way too much attention to my investment account. So I'd saved up this money and I was managing it to such a degree that it really became an idol for me. And God challenged me that it was an idol. And during the prayer time once, he asked me to give it up for him. And there I was, a kid in, in my mid-twenties. Uh, I had saved up, I think it was the equivalent of $10,000. It was in, back in the UK where I'm from. And uh, he told me to, to empty it and give it to him. And I was shocked. Uh, because I, I thought, hey, God, I've given you my 10%. That's it. The rest is mine, right? And he said to me very clearly, Vinny, how can I bless you more if this, is, this much has already cursed you? Mm. And, and money was, that became, it, it was a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But it was in the way of my relationship with him. And so it took me a few months before I emptied that account. But I got to say, emptying that account was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Because again, that was no longer, it, it no longer had a hold on me mm -hmm. um, in my heart. And again, my relationship with God just w was that much deeper uh, after that. So... Fast forward a few more years, uh, I moved to the US, I had a couple of kids by then, um, I was working on Wall Street in IT, but I wasn't really happy with my job, and uh, I had continued my interest in personal finance, and I thought perhaps financial coaching was going to be a career switch for me. So I went uh, to do some training for financial coaching, and then I ran the numbers, right? And I thought, okay, if every waking hour was a billable hour to a client, ran the math, and it was going to be a financially irresponsible thing to do for my family because I was earning a fairly good wage on um, at a bank in, in IT. So didn't p pursue that, but God had other plans. And instead, we began... Uh, Financial Peace University at church. So I did it as a volunteering thing. And uh, it started with a group of eight or nine people in the pilot class. This was back in 2014. And um, every time we took people through that class and people were very receptive to it, actually, because of uh, the kind of environment that we're in. And um, we, we were just seeing lives changed. And by the end of 2017, I think we had taken about 100 people through uh, that class, Financial Peace University. And many of, for many of them, it was just transformative. Um, and at the same time, we were, our church was blessed that our congregation was growing about 100 every year. And we as a leadership had to confront a couple of things. 
The first thing was that we needed space because we were renting a school and we had already expanded to three services on a Sunday. So we needed more space. However, financially, we were just not in a place to begin raising money because we as a leadership hadn't taught people how to handle money. Mm. And so uh, confronting that, you know, if we had gone and started a capital campaign and asked people to respond to it, even if they responded to it, they would have likely gotten further into debt. And that's not good stewardship. And it, it wouldn't have really set our people up for really sub, uh, obeying God in the area of stewardship. So what we did instead is we put a 18 month plan in place and we took the entire church through Financial Peace University. I believe the program is called Churchwide now. Back then it was called Momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but out of 900 people on a regular Sunday, 700 people signed up. Wow. And, um, you know, over the course of nine months, collectively, our congregation paid off millions of dollars of debt, saved millions of dollars of um, emergency fund and rate and uh, financial cushion Mm -hmm. and giving went up as a byproduct of it and that just really set our church in in a financially just put us in a completely different place but what's more important is that the culture of the church when it comes to finances changed we had a common language we were talking about finances in the same way and and really we were much more open about finances in in the good and the bad. So that was a transformative experience, as I said, for our church, but also for me, because I had gone through that. uh, And at the end of that, we just felt as a family, God's calling for me to do that more. Mm. So my wife and I, we were able to switch things around. She was a stay-at-home mother at that point, but she went back to work. Uh, in the corporate world and I was able to uh, quit my corporate job and I now have two roles. First one is as a stay-at-home dad to my two daughters and the second one is as a lay director of financial health and stewardship at uh, Hoboken Grace. Wow. Well, you, there's there's so much in that story and I didn't want to interrupt because I think everything you said was so uh, helpful in so many ways, I think, for our audience, certainly for me. And I think the the couple of tests that you had to take early on. One is to choose God before you chose your spouse and, and who you were going to marry. And then second, having to empty out your account and give it all to God. And I see those as the same test, but having to take it twice. One with relationships, one with money. And either one of those sounds like were barriers to you fully giving yourself to the Lord. And had you chosen, let's say, your wife before God, then that's potentially something you would have continued to do. And then same thing with money. If you have put money first, then you wouldn't have been able to step into this destiny that God had for you, which is to switch roles and, and work as a lay leader and continue to, to benefit so many people that have gone through the church. And the other thing I want to highlight is just this journey that God took you through and then how that related into your church going through this journey. And what I like about that is that you guys were so courageous to put the people first and not forge forward and build a church and do the capital campaign, but rather pause and say, let's take care of our people. Let's equip them. Let's get them on board with putting God first. And then the financial means of doing this as God provides them freedom and ability, 
then we can all do it together. And I know that the result of that is having a church, like you said, it's a culture where you talk the same language. It's not talking about money. It's not a, a, a you know, a problem. Uh, it's something that you do openly because all of you have experienced this and the benefit has been cultural and congregation wide. So I love that. I wish more churches were to d- doing that. So let's shift a little bit and talk about the most challenging part of serving in this ministry. You're now in this stewardship ministry, serving as a lay leader. Uh, what is that like? What are you doing and how is that challenging you in this season? You know, honestly, uh, I really love what I'm doing. I really feel like I'm really set up in the best possible way. I do hear other stewardship leaders around the country that um, are sometimes swimming upstream because maybe they're in a staff that don't quite understand it as well as my co-workers do. Um, I also am very blessed to have a senior pastor and other directors, like I said, who really live out the story of stewardship in their own lives. Uh, our senior pastor is a very good friend of mine. I see it. He lives it out. He talks about it. And so having a team of workers together in the church that really understand it and have benefited from it, I just feel like I don't have to fight anybody on it. Mm. And and they really encourage me to do it because I'm one of the few lay leaders. And uh, that is probably actually the most difficult part of my role, juggling two jobs and context switching. I've just come out of a long summer and during the summer, because the kids were at home, that had to be my primary focus. So really for me, I think the most challenging part of the role is juggling the two jobs. Mm -hmm. Both of them are enjoyable, um, you know, and uh, but in in terms of ministry, I've got to say, I I just feel like I'm really set up in the best possible way because of all the support I have from our our leadership, our elders, and the congregation have been really receptive to this message of stewardship too, and putting God first in their finances. Well, I do hope that you're enjoying this conversation, and we're going to come right back to it. But I want to take just a minute to introduce you to one of our ministry partners. CSN's ministry would not be possible without the help of our partners, and frankly, we wouldn't want to do it without them. What they offer to churches and church leaders through services, content, and resources that they have is invaluable to building a healthy stewardship ministry and helping their people to become good stewards and generous givers. This episode of the Stewardship Leader Podcast is sponsored by Simple Donation. Simple Donation exists to make people in churches and faith-based organizations happy by creating world-class software. We focus exclusively on churches using Rock RMS and have deep expertise in Rock. We partner with Rock churches to leverage signals that can be used to aid in discipleship. This includes building out custom reports, workflows, and connection requests in Rock. In addition, with Simple Donation, you get uncommon service and a single vendor for all things payments. To learn more about Simple Donation, visit simpledonation.com. Yeah, that's such a testimony, I think, to uh, this journey that you guys have been on as a church, the leadership embracing it, and then, of course, you being able to 
you know, serve in this role, not as me trying to influence everyone else, but now your leadership has buy-in. They're living as good stewards. They're operating in this way. So, yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's such a testament to the fact that if we do get our leadership on board and if they go through this process first and then we invite the whole congregation, then it's not an effort. It's a joy because as new people are added to the church, we can continue to in, you know, fold them into the, into the culture we've built, which is one of freedom, of good stewardship, of generous giving. And, man, that's, that's so fantastic because you're right. There's so many folks that do have to kind of fight to try to get, you know, get the message heard. Uh, but I'm so glad that you, that's not your experience. I wish more, more churches were experiencing the same thing. So in regards to the ministry, obviously you're, you are juggling two different roles as a full-time dad that never stops, but also as a lay leader, and that comes with some challenges. So what are you focused on right now? Where's the ministry, and how are you trying to move it forward? I think the biggest challenge I have um, that probably many churches are going through is uh, coming out of COVID and what that means for our church. Hoboken's mm. a transient place as it is. Uh, we li- we're on the doorsteps of Manhattan. The t- Times Square is, uh, I think, a mile and a half, two miles as a crow flies from me, you know. And um, so we normally have a turnover rate, if you like, of people moving out of the area of 10, 15, 20 percent in any given year. And COVID really just accelerated that. So in many in many ways, we have a brand new church. We have so many people that are new to the area, new to the church. And that momentum that we had of the culture change, of course that is still there, but there are many people that are new to the congregation that haven't heard that message. And so we're trying to really reach them, but at the same time not have to repeat the message too much for the people who have already been through it. Yeah. Uh, so that's a big challenge. Second one, I think, is just keep doing the things that we're doing well and then build on that. So over the last year, we started a new website. It's called getfinhealthy.com. And in it, we've got some content. We've got uh, coaching resources. We've got class resources. So building content on that is a, a big focus for us this year. I'm also creating a Why We Give class that we're going to give at the end of services uh, once a month and that really is just going to be a five to ten minute uh, class I say class it's a really an informal session about telling people the heart of generosity and why we do it and just a plug for the CSN I'm taking a lot of material from the uh, stewardship impact workshop uh, as to form the basis of that class. Mm, That's great I love the fact that you guys have this opportunity with uh, yeah, it's a challenge when you get 20 to 30% of the congregation new every year. But at the same time, you're able to instill these principles, train up these folks, and then they move on to other congregations, to other places all over the country, and they're taking that with them. And uh, one of the things that I loved being uh, in stewardship and, and working with some just amazing volunteers is that I had the chance to pour into them, and then I would see a nutrition like we all do, right? Some people move away and God takes them to different states. And that happened several times throughout the few years that I worked there. But the one thing I remember is I would make it a point to take them to lunch or to dinner and say, thank you so much for serving. And then I would say, hey, wherever God lands you, whatever church you end up serving in, if they don't have a stewardship ministry, I said, please call me. Let me help you 
you know, build something there. And because what God has invested in you he, in here, while you're a part of our church, but also what you have grown to, you know, the passion you have for this, I know God wants to use that in some way. It may not be in a full-time ministry role. It may just be as a lay leader, as a volunteer. But I fully understood that God was moving them away for different reasons, but also because he had taught them something, they served in this ministry, and now they were able to take that somewhere else. And I think that's such a wonderful thing that your church gets to do. You get to invest in people. And a lot of times that's not the dynamic of the church. You know, you have a few hundred people, a couple thousand, and they stay with the church for years and years and years. Whereas you guys have this transient uh, culture where it's c- new people are coming and then they move and then they come. And so, yeah, it's challenging, I'm sure, for your staff. And it sounds like you guys have, have a plan and a strategy how to get that done. But, man, what a privilege as well. Yeah, I think what you said was just really beautiful way of putting it. And I think sometimes I have to just remind myself that's that's the right way of looking at it. And when I reflect back, having done this for eight years now since our first class, Yes, people have moved to other areas. And I know at least three people who have started stewardship ministries, Mm. one in California, one in Florida, and one uh, somewhere else. So, yeah, that's that's just, that's amazing. That's so great. I definitely see God doing that. uh, And I've I've seen God do that many, many times. And it's just so exciting to see that not only does he want to do something in our own life and then in the lives of those that he puts in front of us, but... Even more than that, he's working just such a, a greater scale than we can even imagine. Uh, well, what, what concerns you the most when it comes to uh, stewardship, and what excites you the most? You know, when you look at the stewardship landscape, both in your church but even beyond that, what excites you, what concerns you? I think right now, so I'm a fairly keen follower of the market, and uh, it's just a personal interest of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we can all see looming um, some things happening uh, in the near future. Uh, In many ways, we're going through it now. The inflation's well documented, and I think we we may well have a recession that's coming up. And that's gonna come with challenges, of course, but it's also going to come with opportunities. Yes. I think it's in these testing times in people's finances, that's where really the rubber meets the road, right? In terms of our our faith and, and what we've learned in theory. And so I think that um, being able to guide people and lead people through that is a really exciting thing. But I'm under no illusion that it's going to be challenging. And I think um, I hope, my hope and my prayer is that people are going to come out of that understanding God more, understanding his faithfulness more, and really come out of it having trusted him throughout. Mm-hmm. And and we, we call our ministry the financial health ministry because we believe that's really what it's all about. It's the spiritual financial health. And my hope is that two, three years from now, having come out on the other side of a potential recession, that people are going to have their faith and relationship with God strengthened because of what they've done in the area of finances. Yeah, that's such a a, a great perspective to maintain that these kind of seasons, you know, uh, Matthew 6 is a favorite chapter of mine because it really addresses both our trust in the Lord, but also his promise to provide, right? And it says not to worry. 
And one, one of the verses in there says that the world seeks after all these things, right? Worries about all the, the things that we need, the food, the clothing, the, what we wear, what we uh, eat, where we live, all of those things. But yet, he says that your Father in Heaven knows these things. He knows that you need these things, and he, he is willing and able to provide them and promises to do so. And so these, these cycles that we see in the economy and the world gets all worked up about all these things. But in God's eyes, it's like, I've got it. I'm, I'm in control. But yet still, Absolutely. stewardship is such an important part of it, because just because God's in control and He cares for us doesn't mean we're going to be spared the hardships. So to a degree, we have a responsibility to be good stewards and position ourselves, right? Create the margin, have the savings, so that these kind of things don't throw us completely into a panic, and yet we can maintain our peace, we can maintain our focus, our faith. And I think that's such a wonderful thing about a recession or economic you know, downturn is that it creates opportunities for those that have been kind of toying with the idea but not really committed to really get committed. So such a, a keen perspective. Uh, I love that you have that because as stewardship leaders and as church leaders, that should always be our focus. What opportunity has God created for us to help people go deeper in their relationship and their trust in Him? And stewardship is just one of the ways that God uses that. And the economy is a big deal. Uh, it affects everyone and... Uh, Taking that opportunity to turn people toward God instead of panicking and, you know, worried about everything is, uh, is really the, the opportunity we as leaders have, is to really put them on the right path. So I love that. So, Vinny, as we close this out, what is the best advice that you would give a stewardship leader or champion? Someone that is out there that either is starting out feeling like this is an area that I really have a lot of interest, personal interest, but also something I think I might be able to help someone else with. Maybe God is kind of encouraging me to, to use this that he's invested in me, what would you say to a person like that that's being called to the ministry or is already serving that ministry? I think the first thing I would say is do it. A lot of the times we, I think we get uh, stuck in analysis paralysis and that keeps us from doing something. But do it, uh, do it prayerfully and uh, start small uh, and take a long time horizon uh, because as I mentioned earlier, we started with a class of, I think, eight or nine people, and I never would have foreseen how big it got, um, just in terms of metrics, right? And uh, I think it's also really important to live it out yourself. Oh, yeah. People are going to be looking at you and how you do it. And um, so being a leader just in terms of how you're living it out is very important. And then just build on it every year. We started small and we just, every year we consciously um, added something. In the past year, as I mentioned, we started a website and this next year we're going to be creating more content and the next year we're gonna be doing something else. So think big, start small, build depth, but start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and stick with it, because it's a long, long-term ministry that it will impact people for the rest of their lives. Absolutely, yeah. That's so good. One other thing I'm compelled to, to, to add to something you said, which is, you know, you said that uh, stick with it, do it, uh, make sure that you yourself are practicing these things, because people are going to look to you. But I also want to add one other thing. God is not looking for perfection. Sometimes, I know I used to feel this early on, I would say, who am I to tell people how to do this? You know, I'm not even 100% sure I'm doing it completely correctly, and I wasn't. There were some things that I still needed to be trained up and, and embrace different concepts and ideas. And, and so this is a journey. So if you're a stewardship leader out there or someone that's being called to that, 
know that God is not expecting you to be perfect. What he is expecting you to be is faithful, right? It's, I think it's 2 Corinthians 4.2 says that it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Not perfect, not make no mistakes, but just faithful. So as long as you're doing that, that qualifies you to stay in the, in the race, to continue to help others to run the same race. Vinny, thank you so much. Uh, everything you shared was so rich, and I'm just so connected with your heart for not only stewardship, but overall just helping people understand how finances, financial health, uh, freedom in this area is such an important part of living your life. And you're passing the test. You passed several tests as you shared in your own story. Uh, and I just love having you in this, uh, in this space, in this ministry, and serving your people and so many others that are being impacted by your message. Thank you. Thank you, Leo. Thanks, uh, thanks again for having me on. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. And for those of you that have joined us for this episode on Stewardship Leader, thank you, first of all, for taking the time to listen. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, please share it with someone uh, you think would also find it helpful. If you've not yet subscribed to our podcast or left a review, please do so. This will ensure that you're automatically receiving the latest content we're producing and will help others to find this podcast as well. If you want to know more about what CSN is all about and how we can help you and your church create a culture of good stewardship and generosity, go to our website, christianstewardshipnetwork.com. There you will find many resources, events that we put on, and how you can become a member of our community. We'd love to be in your corner, helping you and your church develop and implement a thriving stewardship ministry at your church. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Stewardship Leader. <laughs>